time to down your unders. Down your unders. The Frontline Gaming Network brings to you Art of War. Down Under. Review and dissection of content from some of the sharpest minds in the game. Hosted by Adam Camilleri. Hello, lovely ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 26 of the Art of War Down Under podcast. My name is Adam Camilleri. We are joined by two esteemed gentlemen from uh, right smack bang in the middle of Europe, the wonderful Typhus and Kuba from Poland. How are you doing, gentlemen? Typhus, hello. Hey, man. hey. How are you going? I'm, I'm thankful that you actually managed to wake up to get the chance to talk with us. <laughs> that truly was the hardest thing this morning. <laughs> yeah. Just talking to you, lovely gentlemen, won't be won't be an ordeal in any way. Just, just rolling out of bed was the hardest thing I'll, I'll do today. And Kuba, hello, my man. Welcome to thank, thank you for joining us. Hey, hey, Adam. Uh, thank you very much for having us. Actually, that's very interesting experience to to talk about our uh, favorite hobby, I guess, uh, with the guys from the other part yeah, of the world. Yeah, it's a, so a wonderful thing we get to do with stuff like this. And I suppose things like COVID and lockdown has, you know, made made people like me want to reach out to more corners of this world and get some more insights and put some more information out there. So people who want to get involved and want to know more about the world of 40k, not just their country or their state or their city. They, they can learn a bit more. But to introduce these two gentlemen in such a meaning, meaningless way, it doesn't do them quite justice. So for those of you who don't know Kuba and Typhus, Kuba is uh, relatively new to the WTC scene, but he's not, relative, he's not new to the competitive Polish scene. This is a gentleman who's been a mainstay at the top of the meta there for quite a number of years. And his counterpart, Typhus, is something of a legend of, of the ETC community, having podiumed at the ETC six times and having won it once in himself. So this is something, you know, last a couple of weeks ago, we had Sean Naden on six times, uh, top eight at the LVO. This is, this is an equivalent achievement in my eyes. Some would say it's even more significant. So very much a, a legend of the scene in Poland. But we're going to be talking a little bit about the Polish meta. What has made them such a successful nation on the uh, international scene? Because for those of you who don't know at home, Poland is the most successful country on the world stage. They have more podiums. They are the most consistently high scoring or equally most consistent. And uh, yeah, we're really going to unpack that and talk about that a little bit in this part one. In part two, these two gentlemen are going to talk with me about the FAQ and the points changes. And it's going to be really cool to get a perspective from the other side of the world and what they've seen and what they've noticed and, and how meaningful they think these changes have been. But past that, tell you, to tell you a little bit about Art of War, um, Art of, the Art of War Down Under podcast is a two-part podcast. Of course, this first part is for general consumption. It will be updo- uploaded on the Frontline Gaming Network, or you can find it on our websites or our Patreon. And if you want to get the other part of this podcast, which will be for purchase, um, either through our Patreon or through the Art of War Down Under uh, 40k.com sorry, website, where you can buy our podcast and the regular Art of War one for a bundle deal and get both with a discount on, on either. And... On top of that, if you want to get this podcast a week early and have a say in the content we create, please jump over and join us on Patreon um, and get involved. But Typhus in Cuba, please tell us a little bit about yourselves. Where can people tune in and, and find some more content from you guys or engage more with the, the Polish content out there? Okay. Go on, Typhus. I'll take yeah, this you are, yeah. <laughs> uh, Our community, we actually do not have that much that's going around when it comes to speaking English. We are mainly being visible through podcasts such as such like this or maybe going to other tournaments but we have a facebook page team poland 40k that lately we haven't been sharing much as there's not much going on when it comes to local tournaments as we are mm. having in lockdown and there's no tournaments face face-to-face tournaments going on but uh, we've been sharing some ideas there yeah. we've recently shared that for example a wtc podcast where me and kuba 
spoke about how we play with other teams to prepare for WTC. So you, you can, we mm. are basically, you can find us on different podcasts, basically. But if you want to play with us, we are lately actually playing a little bit on the tabletop simulator, as this is the only way for us to actually get some games in. And we've been playing there yeah. pretty frequently, and we found it to be our main way of actually choosing a team for the forthcoming WTC. How interesting. I mean, we, got, we all have to adapt with the times, don't we? And I suppose that's a, just a necessity of the current state of the world for the WTC yeah, selection, yeah. isn't it? I, I think it's, in general, we are really surprised how well it went because me and Kubo were both very skeptical at the very beginning about the whole tabletop simulator thing because we weren't sure that it would be the same. Of course, it's a little bit cumbersome when it comes to, like, measuring something very precisely etc but other than that it's a great way yeah. to actually play test rosters it's not a great place for we think for tournaments per se uh, as it's always lacking the factor of meeting people face to face but you can play test your ideas and that's what yeah. we've been doing for last week guys let's 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 face it there is no danger that tabletop simulator will ever replace yeah. the real game miniature yeah. driven. Okay, there is no danger about that. Tabletop simulator for me and what I see for my colleagues, for Tefus and for Vladi, the other two guys that I select the Polish national team for the next WTC um, in 2020 in Austria. Uh, we see it, and I think that the whole community sees that, only as a training yeah. grounds. So this is perfect mm -hmm. training ground because exactly you're not limited um, uh, with the number uh, of your models that you have. You can field anything you want, any army you want. So this is perfect testing ground. But again, this is, there is absolutely I, no way it's going yeah. to be no, no way, especially you're not going to get that psychological element as well, the interplay between two personalities or two people across from each other. Um, and yeah, it, 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 the things aren't as impactful on there. You don't have the stakes of, uh, of being or traveling and being in a, in a nation or, or things on the line as much. But uh, a little bit about, let's, let's start with you, Cuba. Tell us a little bit about your experience with the, the ETC or the WTC, as we call it now. Um, you've, only been to, you've only been to one year. How did that year go for you? And how did you get involved with 40K? Uh, oh, okay. So my great adventure with um, with Warhammer at all started 16 years ago, uh, and actually I started to play Warhammer Fantasy Battle. This is because in my secondary school, all my colleagues, uh, all my friends, they were playing Warhammer Me too. Fantasy I Battle. <laughs> but I only. <laughs> I, I I was always much more into science fiction and I was always like I was playing Warhammer Fantasy Battle and I still have my Dwarven army with 500 oh. metal miniatures. This is my baby and they will stay with me forever. I always say that um, uh, they will just bury me mm. with this army. <laughs> this is my first army and I love those small guys. Um, but then, as I said, I was always more into the, uh, the science fiction. So there were points in my life when I actually worked in the store um, selling miniatures. That was two wonderful years in my life. Uh, here in Warsaw, it, it was, of course, retailer because for many years we didn't have official games workshop store in, uh, in Poland. Now we have one in Warsaw and uh, 
Poland is full of retailers and I was working in one of those retail shops and I said like if not now then when and also as I started to work in the in the store then I met much more people from the other environments um, uh, and they actually they were playing 40k so this is how I get to, to work when because I was always more into the competitive scene right uh, over the, the 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 casual playing in in your basement um, so this is how it started it started uh, 12 years ago, I, I believe, 40K. And it stayed with me since that time forever with just one small break. Uh, the break was during the seventh edition. I just couldn't take it. I mean, seventh edition was too much for me to handle. Yeah. Uh, and I said, I'm not going to play this game. And I left for three years, literally. I stopped playing for wow. three years only due to the broken edition. Yes. Uh, yeah, and then I came back. Uh, I came back in the eighth, and I was surprised how good the, mm. the game is uh, in the eighth. And I have to admit that I think that ninth is even better with some small things, like for their, for for example, I don't like uh, I don't like uh, leadership mm. how it yeah, works right now. Um, yeah, I think that it was much better in knife. But I think that knife overall knife is better. Uh, and then you asked me about uh, etc previously now. W2C. So as I said, I was always much more into competitive. So of course, uh, the, the final achievement that can mm. be for the competitive player is to actually represent your own country. Um, exactly in the world uh, team championship so that's what that was my goal and three years ago uh for the first time i went to first i went to wtc in croatia which stands for winter <laughs> team championship which is quite a big tournament mm. as well now they need to change the name but uh, but uh, that was the wtc uh back then winter team championship in zagreb croatia we won that that wow. tournament and the very next the very next summer, um, we went. I went with the team to to ETC. That was my first ETC. Uh, I get half of the points from the battles, but uh, I have to admit that that was not very nice experience because I went with fully shooting mm. guard, uh, Shadow Sword, Freelem and Rasses, yeah. uh, Valkyria with uh, with plasma veterans, etc. And um, that was. This ETC, I don't know if you you guys remember that, but that was this ETC when everybody was shocked with, uh, uh, surprised with, yeah. with the new terrains. I, I I can expand a little bit on that. Uh, let me just segue a bit. For years there was a, always a problem with terrains because uh, ETC now now WTC was uh, hosted in many different countries, so mm. you never had like a standard terrain pack. And you yeah. never knew what to expect. And what we got accustomed to throughout like previous years is that most tables were pretty light when it yeah. comes to terrain. And those were really light tables. Like what you see now when you look at WTC terrain pack as the lightest table when it comes to density, that was like one of the most dense tables back then. So we, we came yes. in prepared in 2018 to see a tables exactly the same as back then. But actually that year, the organizers had a supply of way better terrains. And we came expecting a pretty shooty tables, but we're presented with something mm. completely different. Exactly the same. So, so that year, 2019, uh, I, I went, of course, I went in 2018, and then I built a list for the tables I played on in 2018. So I took nine, I took six broadsides, three riptides, suit, uh, tower commanders, drones, and then 
in like some games, I literally only shot smart missile systems. I didn't shoot my main guns on any of my. Any of my... So you feel you, you can feel you oh, can absolutely. feel weapon. So then that 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 was this, and then it was me with Fleer Fleer Lemon mm. Rasses that you can touch yeah. Lemon Ras and he's not going to shoot, and then Shadow Sword, which is very yeah. difficult to maneuver. There, so that was really pain. And I was back then. I have that been that I was painting the F for our captain because he needed to give me the yeah. table, needed me at least good pairing, etc. So that was not a very good situation. But I remember perfectly, like, one one month before going to ETC, we were playing, uh, and Tifus was there, and I, I, I just put some terrains on the table, and I asked, it was like, what do you think about this table, the density of terrain? And he, he looked at this and said, no, this is really high density. Actually, I have never seen um, uh, that much, that, that many terrain pieces on, on the table in ETC previously. And then we <laughs> went to ETC and... In Croatia, and actually, that table that I I showed to Tiffus back then, that was not even close yeah. to the less density uh, terrain. So that was really really yeah. surprising. So finishing my story, that's it. That was my uh, time in ETC. I was going to go in 2019, uh, in 2020, in this uh, to this. Uh, WTC in Austria because I won the Polish National League in 2018. Right. So the winner of the, thank you very much. The winner of the league. This is the system that we have. The winner of the league plus second and the third place. They are automatically included in the Polish national team, and then um, uh, the selectors of the team they add five additional players according to to, mm. to their. Opinion. So this is how it works for us in Poland. In 2019, I won Polish National League, so I was auto-included in the team. But as we all know, uh, the WTC in Austria, due to the current uh, pandemic situation, uh, it needed to be postponed to, to this year, 2021. And actually, because of this whole new situation, and that, of course, Polish National League was actually not um, uh, going on in 2020, we decided, together with the players that occupied first, second, and the third place in 2019, we decided that due to all the situation and uh, that meta changed a lot so maybe those players that won the the, the league in 2019 they are not yeah. that good right now so we decided that due having all those circumstances in uh, in mind this year uh, the selectors of national team so uh, Tifus, Vladi and me we are choosing the whole team all eight players not five players plus three out of getting out of the top three players in the league but we are choosing the, the, the eight players and this is where we are now this is for me so you guys are, in, are currently in the process of choosing your remaining five players what what kind of um time frame have you got left because uh, admittedly like what the date's set for mid-August so pro you probably want to have selected the next two or three months let, yeah? let me take that let me take that because uh, you were no, talking a bit so, Kuba. Right? Uh, so uh, for, uh, first of <laughs> all, uh, as Kuba said, Go we are on. we do not have top three this year because tournaments weren't going on last year. So we are choosing the whole team. Uh, so we have mm. all eight vacancies for yeah. players. And what you said that choosing a team in two, three months, that doesn't actually happen in Poland. We usually choose choose the team like okay. somewhere in May, maybe late April or mid-May, but we actually yep. choose the team mostly based on the armies that we find to be the best for the team at this point. So... Ah, okay. So you, you, 
you, ident- you identify the, the teams that are going to make up a good to so identify the factions that are going to make up a good a good team lineup based on the meta you expect to see and then find the specialists and the experts oh. in those and bring them in yeah of course we also so uh, let me elaborate a little bit we start our selection process right after the previous yeah, event so in that case there the the election of of the team that is going to select the team the the, the national team it occurred in september and in september um tifus vladi and i we were selected to do yep. the job okay and right after that moment in september we started the selection we uh described all the rules how it's going to go etc uh, and we from the very beginning we said that guys please play two maybe three yeah. armies max but be expert with those armies so we can't assure that you are going playing this army or that army or this player is going because he's really nice <laughs> we want you guys to play to focus on some set of the armies that you feel best that you like yeah. play etc and you you play them uh, until you are really 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 mm. good experts so this is how it works and then at the end we according to the meta we are first of all choosing the armies but of course also in the mind we have the skill um, of the players so for example if there is very good army very 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 good army but we don't have good players for this army uh, probably this army is not going to go for uh, for WTC. And for example, that was the case when I was in, in the ETC 2017 that we didn't have mm-hmm. Tao army because we didn't have good player for, for that army. Uh, so it can be that this army is not going to go because we don't have good player. As Tifu said, we are selecting the team in mid-May, late May, early June. So probably there is not enough time for one person to play that mm. much to master army from zero there's also one thing connected with the deadline that we just mentioned and it's that most like big faqs or new additions actually come out during that uh, yeah. during that period so we do not want to choose a team and then be surprised with like new big faq in like exactly. april and actually have to realize that two of our play- players that we've chosen are only playing armies that we wouldn't choose for the team. I, c- I can relate to that. So as Team Australia last in 2019, we chose not to take Eldar Flyers because we thought it was very likely they went up in points in the 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 the, the, fir- the th- first three-month or second three-month FAQs. And so we actually chose not to get an expert in Eldar Flyers. And it really hurt that we didn't have it because Eldar Flyers were so strong. And they were still so strong. So yeah, I relate to that a lot. But... I, I want to point out to people at home in in, a, in Australia, we we start our selection period. And I think this is the same for America and a couple of other nations like Canada as well. Ones that have a greater distance from the heartland uh, of uh, ATC, WTC in, in Europe, um, we, we start our selection from the outside. But we don't have the luxury of, I guess, picking so close to the date because people need to plan and save money, yeah, uh, more money, and plan, and take leave, and you know, families and things. Because it's actually it's a it's a, it's a, yeah, exactly. Exactly. We need to. We need to. Uh, well, I, I know personally. I know some friends of mine who need to know that they're going to to Europe. You know, six months ahead of the date, so they can make sure they've got enough leaves saved up. They've got enough money yeah, saved up because yeah. it's. You know, if we're going to Europe, might as well have a holiday, right? <laughs> so, um, but yeah, that's very interesting. Just just that in itself is a very interesting thing we could talk about for quite a while. But we haven't got quite. We've got half the picture here. Typhus, uh, my man, you are something of a ETC perennial 
podium. You want to tell us a little uh, bit about your experience with all, the ETC and the WTC and what it feels like to win for your nation. Like Origins, how he came up playing 40k. Uh, I, I want to point out that I actually started playing 40k in the shop that Kuba was working <laughs> at. So, uh, so actually, he was like one of those guys that I was looking up to, and I remember like once awesome. he was playing just for fun in like local league, and I with him i was really happy so as a child i was thinking like i'm surely as good as you mm -hmm. because i drew with you so for some time he was like a guy i was looking up to and uh, like in two or three years we actually went together for like polish team championships yeah and we got like second and third place consecutively so we were like a bunch of friends yeah, yeah, we were like no names that we just liked each other and we met each other in the in the set shop. So coming coming out of nowhere, yeah, coming out of nowhere. But just to that was just to add it here very very short notice for everybody to know that Tiffus and me we are a perfect example when apprentice yeah. Becomes master exactly. and master Kuba becomes break, apprentice. And because I learned a lot definitely now time, I can so. <laughs> learn a lot from Tifus. And back then I was teaching everything mm -hmm. I knew. Uh, Tifus, but so. coming back to your question about winning, uh, winning WTC. Well, that, one, that full, dude, thank you for sharing that story. That's actually freaking uh, wonderful. Actually, I love that story a lot. Year before we are just, we are just from uh, from winning the WTC as well. We like need five more points from our tables to actually draw the last. Uh, draw last, the last game and win the tournament so i i, I was i left hungry and happy after the first time but the second time like winning was i can't even wow. explain it because i think i was 18 back then so there were like a lot of emotions going for me but yeah i like some timing I think it was mm. uh, we won at the very beginning of seventh, back when it wasn't really, really, really bad. What edition? So, what edition was the like? In my opinion, seventh had, seventh had like the best core rules mm. when it comes to rulebook, but it had the worst army rules. <laughs> uh, mm. The worst everything else. Yeah, the core book was good. Needed like one or two XAQs, fix some things up with terrain, but then it was fine. And then everything yeah. else was a mess. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've played at many uh, ETCs, and at some point it was just became like a thing that I got used to, to playing at those tournaments. Uh, I know it sounds like really egoistical, but yeah, I've been to just many. So you kind of get used to. And when you play at many, many tournaments, be it the Winter Team Championship, European Team Championship, or like, team championships in different countries you kind of get used to the whole setting so it's just another tournament for you so for me it, it didn't feel that much as it like representing my country at some point but at the very first tournaments i always felt like the external pressure of people yeah. watching you judging you how you how you do especially now especially that our community is very focused on this tournament like yeah. our whole year of tournaments is purely focused on this uh, on the sole idea and sole goal of winning this tournament. So if you are not doing good, you are judged by everyone. Mm. Uh, you always feel people looking looking at you, looking at your scores, thinking what what did you mess up, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So that was the hard part, and I think Kuba can relate to that. I remember he uh, back in 2018, he also felt that uh, it's 
it's the unpleasant, unpleasant part of, of actually playing. That's the, that's the worst part, actually, for me, it was the worst part of ETC. Uh, but I think that this is the worst part of doing mm. anything that goes to the web. So, for example, doing the podcast, of course, when you see some comment, for example, from, I don't know, someone who never done anything for the hobby and then suddenly they say like, oh, Art of War, you guys sucks. I would make better, better podcasts. Like something like this. So then after, if you, you, you lose the battle, uh, only you know if you if you've done mm. something wrong or if you had bad luck or good luck doesn't matter. But then you go back, and guys that never show up on never uh, any tournament or never won win any tournament in in their life, and then they say like why you why you played like this? You should play mm. differently. I would play differently, and I would get fifteen points uh, out of this game, not free as as you did. That was that was so uh, for me. That was so so. Um, uh, so silly. I mean, uh, I later on next year, for example, our I remember that our team had really difficult time. We I think that we lost or we drew the first game uh, against against Spain, uh, and I was literally I was just waiting for the comments like, "Oh, you drew against Spain. We I I would win mm. against Spain." I was just waiting for those comments just to answer like, "Okay, next year make it to the team." And go to the ETC and win against Spain. You way to go yeah. for you, because I, I I know that this is so demoting for the team. First thing, and second thing, this is just silly. This is just silly. So I don't understand why people yeah. does, does that. And I think that this. But also, as I said, I think that if you play football and you read this kind of comments, it's like yeah, I would, I would win against uh, Brazil mm. Brazilian national team in, in because I'm the best footballer. Like yeah, okay, sure. yeah, yeah. I, I would actually disconnect <laughs> from Facebook for the duration of the tournament. I would actually only answer my friends on Messenger and wouldn't just read the, read the comments online to not get like irritated by people's comment and not to lose my focus on the sole tournament. The the other very the other very important thing is that sometimes captain has to sacrifice yes, someone. So absolutely. someone has to have yeah. bad pairing, right? And but there are many people that they are not into this game throughout the year. Only they are just observing the ETC or WTC, uh, and they they don't really understand exactly. the mechanism. So you you go to get the bad pairing, so the team gets. Three good pirates. Uh, you get zero points because this is actually that was the plan. Yeah. So you you lose, so your friends win. Like right? Then you get zero points, and then you see comments in the internet like, "Oh, you <laughs> suck! You you yeah. just get zero point after this and game." Like, that was the point. We a team won because I went and exactly. got zero points because exactly. that other guy on our team who got twenty points would have gotten zero points if he went this guy, and because I'd got zero points, he got to get twenty. But, um, yeah, I agree. But but just to say something, but just to say something good, guys. I was once, and uh, if you are Warhammer 40k player, going there representing your own country, this is the ultimate experience oh, for the player. I'm so happy and glad that I made it. Uh, if I have an occasion, if if the other guys, Bloody and Tifus, decides that I, I am ready to go, I'm good to go next time uh, in Austria, I will be happy to go. But guys, if you think for it, this is the message to everybody 
who thinks that he would like to go, but he thinks that he's not good enough. There is no such thing as mm. good enough. Uh, just go and make it to the team. Play hard, play test, and you will make it to the team. If not this year, next year, if not next year, within two years. But if you if you're determined to go there, this like this is like in the sport. Yeah. Literally, this is yep. the sport. And, and just like sport, unfortunately, there's only so many people that can be selected for a, a squad. But I can tell you right now, some, some of my friends who've busted their guts to play at state level, play at national level, they may not have, they may have not made it, but they've come out way better versions of themselves, way better players, way better, much more confident, much more happy with their achievements, and much more well-rounded as a competitor in 40K. So I think even if you, you reach for it, at least you'll know, you know, you don't sit at home ever wondering if you're good enough to play. You'll, you'll know whether you're not, and it, you will absolutely get better in the pursuit of your goal. Um, so if you do want to play teams events, especially at a high level, just go for it, guys. You've got nothing to lose and everything to gain. And there's um, also additional yeah, thing that our like, whole idea of selection process that Kuba told that we actually choose the eight players, etc. And that me and Vladi will actually decide whether Kuba goes and Kuba and Vladi will decide whether I go and me and Kuba will decide whether Vladi will go. So there's no like two people. At the same time, we want to make players better. So what we are doing throughout the whole year, me, uh, Vladi, Kuba, we are trying to give our experience, to give our idea, to give our feedback. Yeah. And we are doing that very frequently right now. After the, each game, we play against another team via Tabletop Simulator. We give like very precise feedback. What somebody done wrong? What did they do in like estimation tables? What did they do wrong in their games, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera. So we are trying to give a lot of feedback to make sure that all of those people, yeah. even those that we wouldn't choose to be in the team this year, could get some feedback, could think about it, and maybe after in next year during during next election process, they could be a viable choice. So we are actually pursuing mm -hmm. this idea of improving every player that we meet. Of course, maybe not everyone is actually a player that can improve. Maybe do, they do not want to, etc. But we are trying to make our community better yeah. because there is also one thing that our community, when you compare it to other countries, is very, very small. I was going to ask this. How big is the scene there? Like when you hold a, an internal the Polish biggest tournament, tournament, what kind of numbers do you get? we had was... 120 people, including, uh, I think, 10 people from other yep. countries. So it was only 110. Okay, 140. No, yeah. And that was, was like the pinnacle of, of all our tournaments when it came to how many players you can fill. And that was a team mm. tournament that didn't have only competitive players, but you had five more teams. So like me, Kuba, and yeah. we like two other competitive players. We would choose our one of our friends to just go with us and have fun. Yeah, and just have fun exactly. But but here I I, I want to add something because I mentioned previously that I stopped playing in seventh. Okay, so now you and this is not only my experience that I stopped playing in seven. And I will give you just just show you the image on what seventh edition actually done to our community. We have in Poland, we have two kinds, uh, actually three, 
kind of tournaments, local tournaments, uh, challengers, and masterclass. Okay, and my first masterclass tournament, it was in the other city, and there was uh, 112 players. Uh, it We were playing pairs, etc. Uh, and it was in 6th edition. Then the 7th edition came, and in 2019, uh, the top uh, the biggest tournament that we had was six, 60, yeah. 60 player yeah. masterclass. In uh, it was 60 players, so half, half players. And right after eighth edition, the biggest tournament we had, the masterclass, it was 40. So here you can see, like with the eighth yeah. edition, ninth edition, community is slowly coming mm. back to the shape because we were really big community back then. Then the seventh edition came. And look what 7th edition yeah, done yeah. to, to our community. I don't know what is the situation in other countries. Working in Poland, it was horrible. It was Where the same it it was same for us over here. We um so I remember I ran my first ever tournament uh as seventh edition and we had um we had we had 60 player capacity and we sold that out everyone we sold every ticket and then on the day uh, a bunch of new rules had come out and we said we were going to play with the new rules because you know you don't want to play with old rules um and we had uh 20 people rock up to play the tournament of 60 tickets sold 20 people came to play yeah and like, we were just like great, this, is, this is this is terrible yeah, for in everybody in our case like many really people sad. left to really, or, really, or, really, or, really or pursue other really games like x-wing etc so we, we we could see that and feel that, and we still do not have that many players. Yes, yeah. like in our Polish league, after one year, we usually have like maybe three hundred people who attended any tournament of those three classes that we mentioned: local, challenger, or master. And local tournaments, as they as the name suggests, are like local tournaments held in some minor cities. So we do not have many players. And furthermore, when you want to like narrow it down to people who would actually go to many those challenger and masterclass tournaments, there would be like maybe 40, 50 people that would go to few in a year. So we do not have very many players. And when it comes to people that we yep. actually can choose from when it comes to choosing mm -hmm. our, our team, we usually have only like 20, 25 people wanting to get in. Yeah, uh, that's difficult. But we are we, we are both from Warsaw, so we can see before. So, example, before seventh edition, local tournaments in Warsaw. Warsaw is capital, so the biggest city. It was around 50, 40, 50 players on local tournaments in Warsaw. Right now, it's sixteen, maybe twenty on local tournaments. And this is after the rebirth of of, of the community. In yeah, I, I can relate to that a lot. So, over here, we have we have about maybe 20 to 30 players who are of a, of a caliber and have the financial ability that they could come to WTC. And then every year, as you know, some people have some kids, some people get new jobs, they don't, can't get time off, they can't save the money, et cetera, et cetera. So where, when it all boils down to it, we have like maybe, well, it, traditionally in the years gone by, because we've been, we've been to, I think, four or five ATCs, uh, WTCs now, and um, we have about three or four of our best players and then some people who can just afford to come, you know, <laughs> we can't, we could never, until 2019, we could never afford, or we were never in the uh, position where we could get legitimate, like eight of our, like 20 best players together at the same time. And so it was really exciting for us to be able to do that. But that sounds like what you guys are able to do every year because you're able to have such a big lead time into selection. You can pick people when they're at their peak, when they're, they're really good on a specialist faction that you know is going to be strong. It's a lot of power in that, guys. I think it's really cleverly done. 
Yes, but you have that uh, that you have to have that, that in mind that uh, when we go for uh, WTC, for example, in Vienna, in Austria, uh, probably we will take Friday mm -hmm. off and we will go on, uh, go there uh, first day after work. Uh, we will get to the place uh, in the <laughs> night uh, between Thursday and Friday. Then we will play three days, and Sunday night we'll come back home to go to yeah. work on Monday. So as you can see, That's it's slightly different, different yeah. for, for us. For, for me, I take the <laughs> I take the the Friday off the week before, so I can fly to Europe, and so I can get a customized and not be jet lagged. So I don't. I'm not a zombie during the games and then i practice with my teammates because the first time i've gotten to see them because we're all over australia and australia is so big the first, we actually practice and we sit down and we do a bunch of scoring and a bunch of list and um tech together like we go over problem factions we don't know how we're going to deal with this don't know how we're going to pair into this team etc etc and then you know we play and then we maybe we stay and have a holiday for two weeks and then we come home so you know it's like a, a three-week four-week adventure for us um but Adam, Adam, one thing here in Warhammer 40k, we don't say zombie, <laughs> especially during, especially during our current, our current like state of the world. But gentlemen, exactly. we might take a quick ad break. On that note, we might take a quick ad break. Here's some people who do some marketing through the Frontline Gaming Network, and we'll uh, we'll catch you on the other side. And we're going to start talking about how Poland like to structure a team. Like, you know, do you uh, shield uh, aggressive uh, all comers or big skews? And then we're going to break down a little bit some more bits and pieces, some of the crazy things I've seen happen at, at WTC. So we'll be right back, guys. This episode is brought to you by HP Instant Ink. No one is reading your mind, but HP Instant Ink knows when your printer is running low and sends you new cartridges, so you never have to think about ink. Save up to 50%. You'll pay less than $5 a month for ink and never run out again. Find out if your printer is eligible and enroll today at hpinstantink.com. Conditions apply. For details, visit hp.com slash instantinkspotify. And we are back. Still got Typhus, still got Kuba. And we are here to talk about how that Pol Team Poland, especially this year coming, will go about kind of trying to structure an eight-man squad of, uh, of a competitive level. What Do you guys – so there's a lot of different terms people throw about when, when talking about WTC teams. Do you have shields? Do you have attackers? Do you have defenders? Do you have uh, skewed teams? Do you skew a lot of different lists so you can be kind of uh, aggressive in pairings? What's your kind of perspective or – um, mentality you go in with. I think I'll, I'll hit it over to Typhus first. What do you think? What are your thoughts, brother? So it's not that easy to say mm -hmm. that there is a, actually a solution. There is always an idea that we have. And first thing is that we do not want to have many yeah. imbalanced lists in that sense that they have very mm -hmm. skewed pairings, which means 20 nil or nil 20, as they will probably be at some point will be very tricky to pair. And they, they they won't work in the long run. But when it comes to choosing the whole team, uh, it's not that easy, not not only in terms of structure. We need to figure out a lot of things, which we are, for example, we, we are doing this right now as we are playing those 8v8 mm. games against different countries like France, England, Germany. Uh, soon, soon we'll play against Spain. We are trying many ideas. We are trying what armies will be good as a first defender, what what actually other yeah. ideas other teams have so uh if there's an army that we cannot actually beat should we let's just give an example of like 
really strong army that's problematic uh, in the meta, for example, Harlequins, uh, that you need to actually be able to field armies that yeah. can counter this army, so you're not left to auto-losing against that army. So we, for example, we are right now taking our time to identify what's like the meta right now, what armies are fielded, what builds of certain armies are fielded. And when it comes to choosing the team, usually there are like top dogs yep. that you kind of have to take. And for example, right now you could say that it's Harlequin Sisters yep, and some yeah. kind of Space Marines list. And uh, having those free, you then can start to think what would be the composition that you would like to have. And there's always the question, what should be your first defender? Uh, what's the army that you think has the best scores across the field if it chooses the table, which is one of the things mm -hmm. that you need to be aware of when you are choosing the team for, for a team tournament, that you need to have armies that are good on specific tables because you can actually use that to your advantage during the pairing process. And having that in mind, when you choose a certain army, like let's say you would have first defender of yeah. Space Marines, let's say. Now you have, have an idea that they will choose specific table. So let's say they will choose dense table. So having that in mind, you might think about the second defender that would use the lighter tables, et cetera, et cetera. So you, you can always uh, toy with that ideas. But when it comes to armies, it's, we, as I said, we do not like to have very many, uh, like, mm -hmm. as I said, imbalanced armies. We like having certain armies that are countering certain builds. Like I mentioned, if we found out that Harlequins and Space Marines are a problem, we might look for an army that could be good against those two mm -hmm. armies specifically and decent against the field, maybe not. And that army wouldn't be something you would see at any single tournament. And that thing, and that's what we should mention as well, is that Single tournaments and team tournaments are oh, absolutely two different comparable. And what, what what you actually see on most web pages when people mention what's like the top army in the meta, what what you should expect to see uh, at tournaments, etc., etc., etc. Those armies might never actually appear at the team tournament. Yeah, exactly right. So just yeah. to break down a little what you're saying, so you're saying you don't usually like to take a heavy skewed lineup. You'd rather just take a, a, a lineup that has a lot of ironed out. Uh, scores a lot of predict more predictable scores than going for big swings or big losses. Um, which is something I see a lot of um, the the more successful teams do. They tend to rely on their their player skill and their ability, and they take more all comers armies that could that, that are better into a myriad of things rather than trying to tilt the pairings in, to get to get big scores, little scores here and there and everywhere. Things like knights. Um, we, we had a player. We, so in, in our lineup last year, we took uh, a knight player and a uh, triple sh shadow sword player, and so we could bully. And skew pairings by using those two to to instigate things because you know any any game on a light table, three shadow swords just go first and win. You know it, it doesn't matter who you're playing against. Your best player might just you know go second and lose versus that army. And so it changes how people have to structure and how people have how to how to pair. And so you can get some advantages and disadvantages. But what Typhus is saying is that uh, Poland tend to try not to do that. Try to steer away from doing things like that in order to have much more consistency across the line across all eight players. Is that correct? Not at all. We also, as you mentioned, uh, I mentioned that as well. We also have an arm, like to choose an armies that 
will skew the pairings in a way. Like Raven Guard, for example, is a great example right now. Yeah. If that army goes first, it just smashes. Yeah. Uh, but we, it's a completely different thing if you have a roll-off the army. Because if it's a roll-off, you have no way to predict how it will behave. So mm -hmm. when you sum up your pairing, you might actually end up that you are predicting that at this point it's 70-70 plus one roll-off. Yeah. So either team can win. So it's not good. So we try to rely on our skill more and also on the fact that we actually have, uh, I would say, one of the best uh, people when it comes to pairings. Yeah. Uh, yep. that, that, that we have people who are doing that for years. Yeah. Do you do you have a do you bring somebody does your does a guy who do your pairings also play or is he just a coach that is just there to do pairings? That's all he does. So there there were different cases. For mo most cases it was the captain who was doing the pairings. Yep. It was either me or Vladi or I was helping Vladi or Vladi was helping me, depending who which one of us was a captain. Uh, but there were cases like when Duda was a captain, he, he was, uh, Kuba, Kuba can talk more about that. Uh, I, I will give it back to him in just a moment. But uh, there, are, uh, there are cases when we have, for example, uh, in uh, 2019, we actually had non-playing captain who was very well experienced in the game himself. Mm -hmm. So he was doing the pairings, which had actually the advantage of that, that he wasn't biased. So he didn't... Uh, Factor in the fact who would he have to play. So exactly. we find it pretty. People were actually commenting that it was a good idea last year. That yeah, I hundred. Well, I know Team America is copying you, and I think Team Australia is probably going to be copying you too because I think that's very powerful. Um, maybe we'll get Cooper to answer this, but if you if you are if you were say doing the pairings and also having to play, it's always going to be a factor, isn't it? Who you have to play, and if you only and on top of that, you got to worry about having to be good at an army, produce on an army, which table you're going to pick, how you're going to play, et cetera, et cetera. If you just do the pairings, you can just you just have to be good at one thing, yeah? Yeah, th th that's also a problem. When I was a captain, I really focused on the pairing part. I yeah. spent a lot of time. I, I think I've done pairings against each team, like three or four pairings with one of my friends who was actually the captain in 2019 and uh, the, the captain who was doing the pairing. So. We were doing all of that, and I think that hindered my performance because I couldn't play as much with my army because I was focused on my team. And I think that solely lost on my games, like maybe 10, 10 points throughout all of my games because I, I didn't get the games in that I should have gone, gotten other Well, it, it might... It it makes sense though, you know, the, the manager of the football team doesn't isn't isn't the striker, you know. <laughs> he's not the he's not also the goalie. So, you know, it, it just makes sense to me. Uh, what do you think about that, Kuba? Uh, so I would go even further and I would say that <clears throat> non-playing captain is, is a great person, but also good team, and this is what we are having also as a team Poland. And this is we're having for quite some time already, is a non-playing coach mm. of the team. Uh, the guy who is um, uh, streaming the games uh, on Facebook for the community, um, answering to the comments, but also doing stuff like, uh, and this is not for laughs, right? Uh, bringing water yeah. to the tables or beer to the players so they don't need to, because when you are focused on the game, 
for me, for example, it works like that and it works like that in my work when I do, I don't know, the presentation, nursing, mail. Playing complicated battle in advanced mm. board game is actually, actually the same. You are 100% focusing on the plan, observing what your opponent yeah. is doing. And at that point, you say, no, I need to grab uh, water. And of course, there are hundreds of players then normally... Uh, we are playing on stadiums or tennis courts or some other big area. So sometimes you need to go 100 mm. meters to grab water and going back. So you are looking for you are losing focus. So um, those let's call it airports, silly things. Um, if we have if we had good coach, the team only needs to focus on on playing so this is uh, definitely benefit of ha having non-playing captain non-playing coach of course there are, we need to have some guys that will spend their money free time to go to the team um that go with the team to 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 wtc not everybody can afford that but definitely this year we are going to look for both to fit both position as um, uh, uh, non-playing coach and non-playing uh, captain uh, just uh, to add a little bit to to the strategy that uh, that Tiff was saying. First thing first, uh, there are three guys that are actually selecting Polish team, uh, and what everything what Tiff was said. Let's say that this is a little bit on his side, okay? Because my vision of the team is slightly different, and I bet that Vladi's vision of the team That's is slightly different yeah. as well, okay? So this is this is what I want to be 100% clear of. So this is not that we have just one approach. The three of us mixed and will emerge, hopefully, with the team that will win uh, the next uh, WTC. Uh, many things that I, I that Tifu said, I, I fully agree. I just wanted to add to, to these two things. Uh, first of all, uh, to, to develop a little bit and give example on why we're saying that roll-offs are totally not mm. desirable uh, or, for example, armies that depends on luck. Uh, also, like, I don't know, if I re roll these dice on 3+, plus, uh, I will get some great uh, special rule that will help give me advance yeah. in battle or if I roll 1-2, I will fail and everything, uh, everything depends on that. Why we're doing this, imagine in micro-scale, please, now how you build your battle, how you build your army, how you build your roster. You include uh, models that are giving yeah. re-rolls, um, pluses to some roles, etc. You do this for stability, okay? For example, re-roll of uh, number of hits that uh, that the weapon were, uh, will generate, okay? This is to, to, to improve the stability because when you play competitive play, you need to have stable army. And this is the same when we go to the micro yeah. scale, uh, scale uh, with the team at eight players, right? We want to have stable armies because only then, if the player will say, one player will say, I will bring 13 points, I will bring 18 yeah. points, I will bring three points against this army. Only then, and if we are, if we have stable armies, so really the player has to have very bad <laughs> luck to, to, to lose the battle. Even at that point, only in that point, we as a, as a team selector, the, the coach captain can actually do properly the yeah. pairings. So 
we will win the, the, the round, right? So you have to have the stable armies. That's why that's why this approach. Uh, what I want to add also is that for sure Team Poland will go for, this year will go for at least three strong defenders. This is, um, uh, that was always the yeah. case for us, to have very, very, very good defenders, that armies that will definitely go and not only uh, bring the draw uh, with the attacker, but also will try to win. Why three defenders, not two strong defenders? This is obvious because, guys, uh, whenever we play, and also those higher tables mostly, uh, teams like Team UK, um, oh, sorry, Team England, because they're Team Scotland, Team, Team Wales, Ireland, England, those are different teams. So Team England, Team France, Team US, uh, Team Australia, Team Germany, Team Spain, all those teams, they are checking on the other top-ranking mm. teams. Like... What was their defender yeah. in that game? Yeah. What was their second defender in that game? So if you go to WTC only with two defenders, then after very first day, every other team will perfectly Ex oh, know who yeah, is going to Exactly right. Defender. We'll know who you're going to put up. So you need to have three just to keep it spicy. or So, so it's not easy exactly. and predictable. 100% uh, agree there. Very, very exactly. clever. 100% agree. Um, so that's the case. The, the rest of the game, the rest of the games, of course, We'll have some some hitters, attackers that will have better pairings, worse pairing, but but at least those three solid defenders that that, that would be the the base of yeah. the of the the the, the greatest pillar yeah, the of spine. each team, right? Um, question about Poland specifically: What's your been your biggest rival at, at international level? What's, what's the country that you guys butt head against the most, or you feel like you guys so have to go throw, through to be able to beat and win a win a WTC or an ETC? So throughout the years, uh, at the very beginning, till uh, like, I think go till on, the on. second ETC of, uh, I think it was till eighth edition. It was always Germany. That was like our. We all we always had a saying that you need to be able to win against German, and that was a thing. When you even look at the stats, we and uh, Germany are like the two highest ranked on average teams, and then Germany like completely revamped their squad, revamped their players, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, mm -hmm. brought a lot of new fresh blood. Yeah, I guess because of the seventh as well. And uh, that actually changed the situation. There's not really an uh, a team that we perceive as like a main opponent. There's always the team who won last year. So we are, for example, playing against England right now and looking at England because they had good scores for a few years consecutively. Uh, but for, for years, it was always Germany because we... we Always, uh, it was basically like who who won yeah. their game against each other, whether it was us or Germans, would win the ETC. Ah, okay, yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, so you guys were the two powerhouses at the time, and usually, yeah. like game game three or game four, one of you guys would win the other, then have a clear line to the to the podium. Yeah, or maybe there was like Sweden for a long time. Uh, I think till the end of fifth edition was a was a contender as well. That would sometimes steal a, steal a draw from one of us and actually mm. force the other team to win, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So we we kind of had Germans and Swedish for for a long time, and then yeah. I think uh, since seventh edition it was mostly Russians and and the English. As our like yeah. main teams that we are looking to play against, because Russians always bring funky lists. 
Yeah, a very, very unpredictable, very unconventional kind of all play their own style. We found that as well. We have to put we have to put twice as much brain into Russia than anybody else because you got to unpack and figure out what each what each list is designed to do. Because you might think it's a defender, but it's not a defender. You might think it's an attacker, it's not an attacker. So yeah, there the, 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 there were many teams, but like to sum up for us, it was always Germans, English, and uh, and Russians to like to look with. and. Coincidentally, you could look at that uh, as well as the powers at the Second World War. So, <laughs> it's, it's, it's true, actually. So, so, yeah. And we are That's really in the middle trying to defend from them all. So, yeah, there's, there's, there's <laughs> a connection to the history. I guess, and yet you are, and yet you are the most successful, or equal most successful. So that's that's, that's a testament to your resilience, of course. Um, moving on, what's the craziest list you have ever seen at, at WTC? Either the most powerful or the most uh, silly of the, let's say the last edition of all eighth edition, the last three. Whoa! Whoa. I, I need <laughs> to think about that. Yeah, me too. Me too. Me too. So actually, I would need to have five seconds to think about it because there are yeah, no stress. I'll put on some thinking music. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, there's lots. Of, so that's a, that's a real interesting thing about WTC. Like that, this gentleman said before, while they're thinking, I'll just extrapolate a little bit. Um, WTC, you see a list you would never see anywhere else because in, in a vacuum where you can control your pairings and control your tables, things that look bad in singles look incredible in, 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 uh, in teams events. And so a lot of things that might not have a lot of life outside, outside these things all of a sudden become powerhouses that are really hard to handle. Um, and, and that's why we actually really like team tournaments. We actually prefer them over solos. Because oh, absolutely, the same here. I, I, have, I don't have a lot of passion for singles play at the moment. I enjoy playing the game, therefore I will always enjoy playing singles. But uh, if, if I had a choice between the same weekend going to a, you know, a super major, you know, going to go to CanCon, go to an LVO, or going to play you know, a teams event, it's going to be hard to say no to the teams event. I love teams events so much. Especially that you go with friends, usually. Uh, that's, exactly. That's you're in a, a you're deciding in a factor as well. Uh, yeah. So this, this game is designed to be played in the team. Let's face it. All these pairings, having good pairings, bad pairings, uh, fighting against all the odds, uh, being the defender, uh, being the attacker, and trying to get as many points as you can. This is where the the, the, the real excitement lies, at least for me. Mm. For 40K. Yeah, because exactly. in singles you get few good pairings, and you can, of course, there there is skill. But if you want to in singles, you need to take the best army. And then you need to get good pairings to actually mm. get the top top results. So, yeah, and like in in teams events, uh, faction mastery is a lot more important than jumping onto the next next best army all the time. In singles, a lot of it, especially in recent seventh and eighth edition and ninth edition, there is a there is this term called chasing the dragon, where you always want to be playing the next best, next strongest army, and that's because of yeah, power and- creep, of course. But um, you always want to be at, at the cutting edge. Whereas in teams, if you are an orc specialist and orcs are bad, you can still make an orcs list that will yeah, crush. Yeah, and a there's team. there's also a thing that's why we decided to choose the team because we, we are the selectors that me, Kuba, and Vladi are this time. Because back in, like, I think it was starting to be more visible in 5th edition that in our top 5, because back then top 5 would get in and choose the remaining 3 players, uh, our top 5 would consist of 5 Grey Knight players. And same thing was, I think, in 7th, we catch <laughs> top 5 yeah. of just Inari players. And yeah. yeah, and you can only have one. You can only so, have one in your team. So, so yeah, 
problem. Guys, Big problem. Uh, I'm ready with the list, by the way. So whenever you're yeah my favorite was uh blood angels imperial guard list from first etc in uh, salamanca on eighth edition uh it was yep. basically a list that you looked at it and it had nothing like 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 <laughs> you looked at it and it made no sense there were like five guys with a laskin and five guys with a melt gun uh i mean tactical squads here a squad of devastators yeah. with two last cannons. Here a chapter master on the jump pack with thunder hammer and combi melta. Here a mephistens. Here some heavy weapon squads with last cannons. So it was like a complete mishmash, mm. but it was specifically designed by them to counter what was really prevalent back then, and was a, and that was a stormraver spam. So m m many teams would bring oh, a lot of, of flyers. And that list was designed that if a, a flyer player would play too aggressively, he would get demolished by all those tricky small things that were hidden in that roster. Uh, and I really yeah. love that yeah. because that's something that we caught on by looking at the pairings. After after first day, I mm. was monitoring all the pairings from other teams as I was captain, and I noticed that the Stepan's roster won twice against uh, Ravens. And... They were actually playing Stepan as the first defender, thinking people would like to put those flyers to get easy points on him. And get an easy, easy, yeah. big, easy big win. Yeah, and we actually caught to that. And we found out by speaking with the player who knew his army, etc., etc. We, we actually realized that we can play with that army with our Raven list only if our Raven player exactly knew what to do. So we spent like whole evening just speaking with him that probably next day when we are playing with Russia, he will play against them because they will be happy to choose him and he would need to be specifically prepared to everything that will happen. And he won that game like 15-5 just because he knew that he needed to yeah. play that game defensively even if his army wasn't really designed to play defensively. Hmm. So... Is that, is that that wasn't was that the same one that you were gonna you were gonna mention, Cuba? Because that, that was a that's a very interesting no. choice. I like that quite a lot. No. What, what's your no? One? I have and actually I thought about two things. One because my my first and always and and not only unfortunately but but always in in first place in my heart will have uh, Imperial Guard because I don't agree to call it Astra Militarum, um, and the list that <laughs> is so epic that it should win every battle just just because being that epic is four Imperial Guard super heavy tanks, Ben Blade yeah. and three Shadow Souls. Like uh, if I would play against that, seeing those four super I mean it's not it's not uh, not the case now because they're two uh, with with the last five FAQ they're uh, far too expensive to field four uh, at the same time. But Without sponsor, one Ben Blade, I guess it was Tank Commander Ben Blade and three Shadow Swords in this Panther column with four tanks. Oof. This is pure epic, pure, pure, pure epic. 
Yeah. But speaking, <laughs> speaking more about the the, the uh, competitive list, because let's face it, this this four tags are very epic, but they're not very competitive to be to be honest. Uh, but speaking mm. about the competitive list, uh, here actually I will take uh, the example of Polish player, uh, well known actually in the community and group. You probably know it. Um, uh, the player is Skark, and the list that I've chosen that is. Uh, extremely that was it, it is no no longer but was extremely powerful extremely silly horrible to play uh, against it and playing it, the roster itself it was 250 cultists and 20 box walkers going behind the uh, with, it was the, the box walker farm exactly yeah? with cloud of light oh, no. with abaddon so they were fearless and each cultist killed was one additional box walker to the yeah. unit so you basically you had to kill 250 cultists uh, that they were fearless to realize and that behind those guys there were 250 box walkers oh, yeah. towards you. That list was also fearless. And I remember perfectly that was first used in international comp because it was never actually. I'm here cheating a little bit because it was never used uh, during the ETC event because it was nerfed because before uh, ETC. But actually, it was uh, filled on international tournament. Uh, during the Winter Team Championship in Croatia. And I will never forget uh, faces of Skark opponents when he explained how the how the roster works. Like, we mm. were, all the team, we were having so much fun just observing those guys like they were dying inside. Their souls, they just were evaporating from the bodies, seeing all those box walkers slowly going towards those guys. So, I would pick up this list because that, that list was simply crazy with so many bodies. Like there were more bodies that any army could have bullets in four or six rounds. So that army yeah, was silly. Yeah. Uh, dude, that's actually a perfect example. Because this is the weird thing about some of the things in eighth editions. All of these broken elements um, weren't were either fixed just before ETC or they weren't fixed in time and they got people got to exploit them and take them. And in fact, in part two, when we go over that, we're going to talk about a list right now that I think is the most broken army in the game, um, especially for a team's event. And uh, we'll break that down a little bit more. But gentlemen, well, that, that should, that'll probably bring us to an end on this part one of this podcast. I'd like to thank you both deeply for your insights um, and being so forthcoming with how Poland structures their events and how they go about structuring a team. And you guys have been an absolute wealth of knowledge. But uh, anything you guys would like to mention before we sign off today? But I will say again, that if you want to go to ETC, WTC, just play. Play, play test. I, I think me yeah, and Kuba are Love perfect it. examples of that. We were grinding the game to get noticed by the good players. We won against those good players. They realized that we are worthy and we got into the team. So it's all a grind. Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah, please, remind, I, please remind everybody how old were you when you first, for the yeah, first time? I, <laughs> to, I, I was 17. Uh, yeah, I, oh, no, actually, my first ETC, I was 16, but I was a coach of Merc team. But in Polish team, I was 17. That's, that's so good. That's such a great so, story, dude. Thank you, so thank, if, thank you so if, much if, for sharing if, your story. 17-year-old Tiffles can make it, 
Come on, yeah, guys. I, I didn't pay attention that. to my high school back then. Exactly I, I just right. wanted to win by pushing small plastic soldiers. <laughs> <laughs> well, gentlemen, thank you so much. Hopefully, you guys will come over and join us on part two, either via the Patreon or via the, the Art of War 40K.com. We're going to be talking about the FAQ and the points changes, how these gentlemen fear about, feel about some of those changes. I know we're going to have some interesting things to say about the just roll off for going first and second. I'm going to rant a little bit. They're probably going to rant a little bit, but there's probably some, there's going to be some good things we're going to talk about too. So hopefully you guys will come join us over there. Otherwise, please feel free to jump over on Facebook and uh, try and look up the Polish WCT team, WCTC team, engage with your local nation team and, and get out and play some teams events, guys. They are the best thing in the world for building a community and the best thing in the world to do with the people who you are uh, mates with. Just take some mates, go play some teams events. You will love every second of it. Um, Kuba, Typhus, thank you so much for joining me on this episode. Um, anything? Any last comments? Watch out! Watch out! Team Poland are coming. You guys, are you guys going to win? You guys going to call your Obviously. shot? Are you guys going to win twenty twenty one? No doubt here. I mean, you, you, you guys actually, okay, you guys, you you don't have to go because the the yeah. the, the, the are yeah awesome. yeah. We will spare you guys. We'll yeah, get okay, you we'll forty stay. points out of those one hundred six, so you don't come back that ember. <laughs> 29. That sounds. That's that. Oh, boys, that sounds like a grudge. Ooh. Okay. Mm. We'll I'll see. No, that's all right. You guys have a wonderful day. We'll see you over on part two. Thank you so much again, Typhus. Thank you so much again, Kuba. Absolute class acts. And thank you so much to all the support out there um, from the community and from the patron. We'll see you on episode two. Uh, take care and look after yourselves, guys. Bye. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to Art of War Down Under, a content review podcast for Warhammer 40K, hosted by Adam Camilleri, produced by Seamus Ronan. Enjoyed the show? Want your lists reviewed and the content you heard put into practice? Sign up to our Patreon and connect with us online or on Facebook. Just search for Art of War Down Under, signing out from tomorrow. Tomorrow.